0: One more um, push for the new study coming up, Flawed Yet Faithful. Um, I really uh, would love for you guys to invite as many of your friends as, as you, well, as, if you have friends, invite as many as you have um, to this study. Uh, I think it's going to be really powerful. Uh, it's going to feature... Uh, Doug Cecil, and uh, we're actually going to let Ben Brummett teach. Uh, I won't tell you what weeks that is because you won't come, but yeah. Ben is going to teach. Um, Jeff Walshouser is going to teach. Bill Egner's is going to teach, and I guarantee Bill will have charts. Uh, but we, we're basically we're just bringing in a, a group of guys to help us unpack the lives of six different men, and they'll have two weeks each to unpack the life of various characters in the Bible that were flawed men. Um, You know, we have a a habit of looking at characters of the Bible, and we think these guys had their act together. But if you go back and study them closely, they were a whole lot like you and I. And yet God somehow managed to use them. So there is hope for us. And so we're going to look at the lives of these men and find out how God can use our lives in the same way. So that begins next week. And bring someone with you. Well, we're going to wrap up our series on uh, In His Presence. Uh, Ted finished his... His series on prayer, iChat, this past Sunday, I don't know if you were uh, able to come, uh, Sunday night we had a, a, a prayer meeting, uh, a prayer time for just anybody who needed prayer, and we had, uh, I don't know how many they had, but it was the, we, we made a circle and held hands and it went all the way around the whole, the whole sanctuary. It was a huge number of people who came for prayer, and it was an incredible night, a um, lot of needs in this church. Uh, and so prayer is a pretty powerful thing and we're going to wrap up our session on prayer in his presence today and to do that i've asked uh, doug cecil my uh, good friend uh, older friend to come up doug come on what come on do you need someone <laughs> to help you yeah and here's here's yeah here's what we're going to do rather than again teach on prayer this morning and um uh, We're going to share for just a few minutes about prayer, and then we're going to answer some questions about prayer. We sent out an email to you guys. Actually, we sent it to, I think we have almost 1,000 guys on our our mailing list. And we asked you to submit any questions you have regarding prayer, and we were overwhelmed. Uh, We got six back. Uh, (laughs) Four of them from one guy. Um, So... uh, we're going to answer those but in a, in a few minutes you're going to get a chance to write down any questions you have about prayer and then later on we're we're going to try to answer them and many of our answers will be we don't know uh, but we're going to answer as many of those as we can but right now i just wanted to um dung and i talked briefly about this uh, you know prayer is a is a difficult topic for many of us as men and it's uh it's one that we don't talk about it's. Uh, we don't get around with our buddies and talk about prayer. Hey, ha- how's your prayer life? You know, we we may ask about our golf game or other things, but we don't ask each other about our prayer life. And so, w- Doug and I are just going to take a few minutes to talk about our prayer life, and we're just going to kind of lay it out there for you, because there may be a perception in your mind that we have incredible prayer lives, or that we've got it together, or because. Doug was a seminary professor for 18 years that he suddenly is this expert on prayer. Um, So we're just going to kind of share our prayer life. And I know he's not because I've had him pray for me and none of them have ever come true. Um, So uh, we're just going to talk a little bit about where we are in our prayer life, what our journey's been like, even some things that maybe we've discovered that have helped our prayer life, uh, things that we've tried that didn't help our prayer life. And, and I hope what we get out of this is that prayer is not a, a program. Um, Doug and I were comparing notes. So I think we both have probably you know 15 to 20 books on prayer in our libraries, um, and those books on prayer have not made me a man of prayer. Uh, and if you if you're looking for a technique to make you a godly man of prayer, it I don't know that it's out there. And so we're just going to share a little bit about us, and then we're going to turn it over to you around your tables for a few minutes. But Doug. Why don't you kind of start us off and uh, (laughs) describe your your current prayer life and maybe your journey to where you are right now.
1: You know, as I I was thinking about this morning and becoming somewhat vulnerable here uh, in front of uh, all of you guys, uh, first off, you know, I don't know of anybody that really has their act completely together in the whole area of prayer it's one of those journeys that that you take that you learn some things over the years and you try some things and it never you know works out maybe the way that you you had. i can remember uh... very early on in my christian life that uh... it seemed like all of the godly people that i knew had a prayer journal and so uh... i decided well if i wanted to be a godly person i needed to have a prayer journal and so i wandered out to the local bookstore to try to find a prayer journal and all i found was a journal and uh, you know they then they had all of these wonderful techniques to be able to write down your prayer and then write down your answer to prayer and then highlight and, and things of that nature and so i i said well this godly person obviously this works for them it, it's got to be the answer to prayer and so i diligently started writing down my prayers and writing down my answers to prayer and underlining and highlighting and after after a while it was a mess it was a mess and I, it, was, it, was, it didn't work. It just didn't work for me. And coming to that realization that, hey, what's going to work for one individual um, may not work for you. It may not be the way that you are going to be able to uh, really manage and really handle your, your prayer life. From that, I, I finally had to come to the conclusion that I prayer journals, and if you have a prayer journal, God bless you, nanu, nanu, live long, prosper, all that. It didn't work for me. It just didn't work for me. And, you know, it may work for you, may not work for you. Well, so I had to throw away my prayer journal. I've still got it on a shelf there as kind of a reminder of where I've been uh, in, my, in my life. Eventually, you know, you work through where I've ended up right now, and that's not to say that uh, that may not change. In in a little ways, but where I've ended up now is with um, uh, 4 by 6 cards, and I have 4 by 6 prayer card decks, and so I pray through 4 by 6 prayer card decks, and each prayer request goes on a 4 by 6 card, and I pray through these 4 by 6 prayer card decks. I have a missionary deck, I have a have a uh, deck for family, I have a deck for classes that I'm teaching at, at Dallas Seminary. I have a deck. You know, as people write, uh, tell me prayer requests, I write it on a four-by-six card. I'm able to keep, keep those in a deck and pray through them on a, on a fairly regular basis. But you know, one of the problems with a deck, and I'll tell you one of the problems with a deck. That all sounds, hey, I, let me try a deck. One of the problems with the deck is that you end up just praying through the deck. You know, you, it, it becomes rote uh... it becomes just working your way through the deck and to protect yourself and protect myself from just trying to work through a deck or work through a list or work through whatever you are and you say okay today is missionary day and so i'm going to work through this missionary day and it almost becomes heartless as you as you work through that rather than really asking God and coming before God in faith coming before God with a heart attitude and you have to watch that you can manage your prayer life without really praying uh, Ken said that uh, you know we all have books on prayer I, I looked on my shelf last night I was looking for a particular book and I counted them there were 17 books on prayer in my my little library there uh, at home but, you know, 17 books on prayer does not teach you how to pray. You may have 17 books on prayer, but that doesn't teach you how to pray. How you learn how to pray is you end up praying and wrestling through that whole that whole uh, aspect of how, how is your heart going to really flow. One more thing before I ask Ken the same question, how he's doing, is one of the things that uh, Patty and I have done over the years, and I'd encourage to, encourage you to maybe give it a whirl, and you say, "Eh, just give it a whirl, see what happens, uh, is we have tried over the years to get away twice a year and, and spend a day in prayer. You say, now, what in the world, how do you do that in a day of prayer? What, what we found is, well, Friday night we'll go off, um, we'll just kind of come down, Saturday then we spend most of the day in prayer, we'll go have a nice dinner someplace on Saturday night, uh, then Sunday morning we'll go to a church someplace and then come back Sunday evening. So then Saturday basically becomes our day of prayer. The fun thing that we've learned over the years as we've done that day of prayer is that, you know, you can pray through all of your decks in about 45 minutes. All my decks, you can pray through them in about 45 minutes. You still have a whole day left. And now what you're left with is you and God. Now you're getting down into the real the real stuff. And you recognize that, all right, now I have to deal with me. I have to deal with where I am before God. And that's when you kind of enter into a little bit of a different arena uh, as you uh, just cease praying through the... The uh, the list that's there. You're watching your own attitude, watching your own heart while you're doing that, and you're praying. Obviously, or I'm obviously praying with Patty uh, during this time, and we spend some time alone, spend some time together. We do a variety of different things, but uh, coming to the place where you have to really now just between you and God, really now you begin to pour out your heart, and it's a it's a time that we really look forward to every every uh, twice a year as we uh, get together, because it is a time. I'd encourage you, if you haven't tried a half-day in prayer or a whole day in prayer, um, give it a whirl. There's some. Uh, there's a neat little book put put out by Moody, uh, not Moody, Nav Press on how to spend a day in prayer. Nice little helpful uh, pamphlet, cheap little thing. But it gets you started just thinking through it. So uh, it's a journey. It continues to... Ebb and flow. Some things you're going to find that does not work, and when you find them that it does not work, then you got to throw it out and try something else. So,
0: yeah, I think mine has been a um, uh, kind of a a grand journey uh, and a a huge experiment over the years. Uh, I've I've shared with you guys before that um, I grew up in a home with a a dad who was a a man of prayer. Um, If if you look up prayer warrior in the dictionary, his picture will be there. Um, because as long as I can remember, my dad, you know, I could wake up at any time, and my dad's on his knees praying. He, he's 87 years old. He still gets up at 4, 4.30 in the morning, spends four hours in prayer out in his prayer arbor, and that, that was the example I was given growing up, and it was just like, you know, too high a target, can't reach it, um, never be like that, so I didn't bother, and so over the years of my adult life, I've, I've, Experimented with a lot of different things, and uh, journals have never worked for me. I've tried them. I almost feel guilty uh, that I, I don't have a prayer journal. You know, you talk to people that, oh, I just I was in my prayer journal this morning, I'm like, God. and so I, I, I've got like eight of them I've started. You know, that, and and I'll get four pages into it, and then I burn out, and so I I always start a new one because it makes me feel better. Uh, but they're just up there in my bookshelf. Um, I, I'm not that linear. I, I don't think that way. Um, I'm more a creative type. I don't think in that fashion. So, for me to sit down and go through a list is just a, a beating. And, and it becomes rote. It just becomes I went through my list, and there's no relationship. And so, I, my prayer life is always in a state of flux. And, and sometimes that bothers me uh, that it's not more regular. That I don't have the testimony of my dad that you know I was in my prayer arbor at 4:30 this morning and the Lord spoke to me and you know mine may be in my car it may be even in my study at home it may be you know it, it's just taken on kind of an amoeba like fashion um, and I'm learning not to let myself get guilty about that um, one one of the things I've I've done over the years that's helped me is um, and it's somewhat of a journal is to When I'm going through a difficult time is to sit down with the Lord and I love the Psalms. And so when I'm going through difficult times, I will go through the Psalms and I will take the Psalms. And I've learned to not read the Psalms just to get through the Psalms, but to read the Psalms and turn them into prayers. And so one of the things that I'll do if I'm going through a season of my life where I'm going through difficult times is I I will get a, quote, journal uh, just a notebook and I will I will write down exactly what I'm feeling to God and it's it's kind of a catharsis so I'll sit down and, and the very first thing out of the bag in the morning is I'll sit down and say oh, you know dear God and I'll just start I call it verbal vomit I mean I just get it out I'm really in a bad mood today. I really don't see you anywhere in my life. I really don't feel like you're anywhere around, that you don't care. I'm tired. I'm worn out. I'm frustrated. I'm worried. I'm anxious. And I'll just, I'll fill up sheets of just what I'm feeling. And it's, it's like getting it out before God and just saying, God, you know what? This is how I feel. No pretense. No, I'm not faking it anymore. And then I'll go, I'll get all that out and I'll take as long as it takes to do it. And then I'll sit down and I'll start reading a psalm. It doesn't matter what psalm. I'll just start reading a psalm. And the amazing thing about the psalms is the psalms are basically journals. They're journals of David or the other psalmists who just spill their guts before God. And oftentimes they start out angry, frustrated. Where are you? I can't see you. What's going on? And there's usually a transition point somewhere in the psalm to where they go back to, but you're God and I'm not. Uh, you are on your mountain, you are a high tower you I can trust you i 'm going to lean on you, and by the time the psalm is over they 've come full circle and so what I find out of doing that process is that I begin to reflect back and I look at what I wrote and I remember who God is, and then I end up in in praise and prayer, just saying here 's how I feel here 's who you are, and help me to trust you in the midst of all of this um, that's that's just a helpful process for me and, and my prayer life is again always kind of in flux because my life's in flux uh, as Doug said it's a journey and um, I am a, I'm not a list maker I'm not a I, I don't like praying through lists um, and the, the, the thing that that does for me is if I'm praying through a list I will just write down here are their requests here's what they say they need And I will pray through that and I will not think about that person. I only think about the request. And what I'm learning and what I've learned through this iChat series is, and the prayers of Jesus, is what do they really need? And that means I've got to think about the person and not about the request. I've got to go deeper. I've got to, okay, they're asking for healing, but what do they really need? What if they don't get their healing? well then I'm disappointed it looks like my prayers don't get answered and that God's not powerful or they they lack faith or I lack faith or something's wrong No, maybe God has something greater for them and to begin to look past the request and look at them and pray for them Lord give them strength in the midst of the make them fruitful in the midst of the pain um, that takes more time and so making lists for me doesn't work it doesn't mean lists are wrong it doesn't mean journals are wrong but uh, Each of us are going to have to experiment with what works. Um, And that's going to change over time. And I I encourage you to pray back Scripture to God. I I, I encourage you to um, sing hymns to God as as prayers. Um, Be creative. And, And the only benefit to the books on prayer is you'll glean some insights into what others have tried and what others have learned in the journey of prayer. It is a journey. And I get real frustrated that my prayer life is not more powerful than I'd like it to be. Um, But you know what? God's not done with me yet. And I have one guarantee. He is going to bring things into my life that will drive me to my knees. Um, It's a guarantee. It happens all the time. And that's when I've grown most in my prayer life is when I've had to pray. And so it's an experiment. It's a journey. It's it's trial and error. It's, It's learning as you go. And don't get frustrated. Don't give up. There will be days you don't pray. There will be days you pray a lot. Um, But the key is, to me, in in all of this, is are you dependent on him? Or is God just some some kind of a glorified slot machine that you turn to when things really get bad? Um, Are you dependent on him? Do you really need him? Because that's when we usually pray the best is when we realize how much we need him. And uh, so we're learning we're growing we don't have it all together same thing with ted that every pastor in this church would share the same thing here's what i want to do to make a transition i want around your tables for you guys to spend just a few minutes talking about what do you struggle with in your prayer life Um, what's hard about prayer for you and this be honest Um, all of us struggle with it what do you struggle with in prayer? And I want you to turn those into questions because I I want you to submit some questions along with the six that we have. Um, what are questions you have about prayer related to your struggle with prayer? Um, and we'll do our best to answer them. We the answer may be we don't know. Uh, our answer may be go ask Ted. Uh, but we want you to submit questions. So there are three by five cards on your table. Take take about ten minutes. Talk about your struggles with prayer, your questions about prayer. Write them down. And then Ben and uh, Craig are going to pick them up in about ten minutes. And then we're going to try to spend some time answering those questions. So have at it. Okay. All right. Jiminy. (laughs) Any more? Okay. All right, we're going to start working our way through some of these. There's no way we're going to answer them all, so here's what we're going to do. Any that we don't get to, uh, Doug has graciously offered to answer them throughout the week in an email, and we'll be sending that out. (laughs) He He actually didn't offer to do that, but... Don't you believe it? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll pray about them. <laughs> That's right. He's going to add these to his card deck. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, since these guys were uh, the, the the early uh, early uh, questioners, they sent them in via email. Uh, we'll, we'll answer a few of these. Um, one of them is in your scholarly opinions. This, I think, this must be for Doug. Is intercessory prayer necessary to advance the kingdom of God?
1: Go, Doug. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um You know, you run into that tension uh, between uh, God's enablement and human responsibility. And there's always that tension all the way through theology that goes through divine enablement, God's able to do it all, human responsibility, we're supposed to pray. And there's that tension that, that continues to run throughout Scripture and throughout our Christian life that goes between divine enablement and human responsibility. And you have those clear passages in Scripture which talks about our responsibility to continue to pray and pray without ceasing. As far as advancing, you know, uh, God's work here, uh, the passage that came up to my mind was Matthew 9 uh, where Jesus comes over, he sees Jerusalem, and then he begins to weep. And it's really a, a it's a it's a moving passage for me because how many times have I wept over the sin that I see in Fort Worth uh, and you really get down to the ha- hard attitude but he begins to weep and then he he uh, he, he says um, the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few therefore verse thirty eight beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest and so here you have a uh, a clear uh, command by Christ to continue to pray and to beseech the Lord to continue the work. So the answer uh, is intercessory prayer necessary to advance. Our responsibility is, yes, we, we are to continue to to pray. Yeah. I guess we've got a few cards here to yeah, keep moving.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll keep moving. I could preach that one. Yeah, you could. You just did. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, okay, should we always go on our knees to pray or just when we really need something? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Let me think about it. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, to me, kneeling is a uh, is simply a, an attitude. It's if you, if you feel led to get on your knees, do it. Um, but if you think getting on your knees will make you a more powerful prayer warrior, uh, you'll, I think you'll be disappointed. Um, If you feel God leading you to get on your face, literally prostrate on the the floor, do it. If you you feel like kneeling is appropriate, it's really just a reflection of your attitude. I don't think it conjures up anything. I don't think it makes God answer more diligently. Um, It's just a reflection of your heart. I think for me sometimes, I'll do it just because it keeps me awake. Uh, It gets me out of the position I'm in sitting in my chair getting really comfortable and sleepy and I move to my knees and it kind of changes my position reminds me of who I'm talking to so it's really more of an attitude thing in my mind Um, another uh, question we had submitted is what's the key to prevailing prayer and uh, to me this goes back to we talked about Luke chapter 11 Um, it's that persevering keeping on keeping on keep, keep going back Don't give up. Don't give in. Um, Continue to go back um, and ask and and be persistent in in your prayers. Uh, As a matter of fact, there was another question that um, was just submitted is um, when you pray for something and you don't see answers, do you change what you're praying for? Um, Well, I think you need to persist. Uh, don't give up but at the same time always be willing that maybe God is trying to change your request maybe he's trying to change your will to match his will and so you're asking for deliverance from something something or healing from something and what God's trying to do is move you towards asking him but what is your will in this and maybe you begin to pray differently but I think there's a combination of until he changes your heart keep praying Keep praying for that thing and and be willing to persist and keep on going back. Like that that widow that went to the unrighteous judge, she kept going and going and going. And I think sometimes we give up too easy and we just say, well, I'm not going to get it, and we move on to something else. So uh, it's praying persistently but also allowing him to maybe change your heart and your prayer to pray in another way. Hey, Lord, if you're not going to bring the healing, would you give me the grace to accept and to endure what I'm going through? And do it with with, um, grace and honor and mercy and bringing glory to you in the midst of this. So persevere but
1: also be willing to let him change your request. That whole whole attitude like um, when when we were talking about Luke chapter 18 of the widow that went back, that whole attitude that – and that passage just really grips me. um, That whole attitude of desperateness and dependency upon God – for the widow, she realized that the only person that was going to be able to meet her needs was that unrighteous judge. And if you recognize that that's the only way that you're going to get any answer and you are totally desperate and dependent upon that individual, you're going to be persistent. And for that widow, that's, that, was, that comes back to me as to how, how is my attitude before God am i totally dependent and am i totally desperate and recognize that he is only the one that's going to be able to meet and a lot of times we go into prayer thinking that well you know if this doesn't work out i always have plan b i can do it and we kind of use god as somewhat of that santa claus in the sky of gee, that that'd be nice but we aren't really recognizing our total desperateness and dependency upon him and it, uh, not only the posture that you have in prayer, whether or not you're, you're kneeling or standing or walking or whatever you're doing, but that all reflects your attitude. It all reflects your dependency and how desperate really are you upon God. And that attitude of faith and depend- dependency. Um, one of the books that I was looking because I saw this question uh, uh, last night, uh, when they mention prevailing prayer is I have a book uh, by D.L. Moody on prevailing prayer. It was one of my seventeen and I, I recognize that, that thing. It cost me fifty cents when it was uh, a little fifty cents up here. That was a year or two ago. Anyway, um, it, it, Moody, Moody has some wonderful things to say about uh, prayer. He uh, talks about an arrow if it was drawn up just a little way, goes far, um, but if it's pulled up by the head if I fly swiftly and pierces deep, <clears throat> thus prayer, if it's only dribbled forth from careless lips, falls at our feet. Uh, It is not the arithmetic of our prayers, or how many there are. It's not the rhetoric of our prayers, how eloquent they are, nor the geometry of our prayers, how long they may be, nor the music of our prayers, how sweet our voice may be, nor the logic of our prayers, how argumentative they may be, nor the method of our prayers, how orderly they may be, or even the divinely of our prayers, how good the doctrine may be, which God cares for, He looks not for the knees which James is said to have through through being in prayer. He might be like Bartholomew who is said to have a hundred prayers for the morning and as many as for the evening, and all that might be of no avail. Fervency of spirit and faith is that which availeth much. And you recognize, yeah, some of that stuff, as good as they may be, may not really truly be a reflection of the attitude of the dependency that you're coming before God and that's where it really begets, gets back okay I gave you some time to look through the
0: yeah um, man there's some great questions and, and <coughs> we're not going to be able to get to them all so I, I will we will answer these uh, we'll, we'll uh, send them out in an email to you guys because there are some wonderful questions here um, and some of them some of them kind of go hand in hand uh, uh, you know one of the one of the themes that keeps coming out is um, this idea of for instance uh, praying incessantly all day long in every situation is it feasible constantly asking god um, for favors or help i never listen why uh, there was there were several on this issue of uh, how, do, how do you pray incessantly how do you pray without ceasing how do you how do you keep um, an attitude of prayer and, to me, it's, it's again—we've turned prayer into an event. Um, it, it, it's in time and space. It's—I have my prayer time in the morning, and that's that's my prayer time. To me, it's more of an ongoing attitude of dependency on God throughout the day. And so, whenever anything happens, whenever—for uh, instance—if you—if if you struggle with lust, and you struggle with wandering eyes, and you're walking through the mall, if you go to the mall, or driving down the road, and you see a billboard to turn what is a negative into a positive and so there's a picture of a woman on a billboard there's a woman walking down the street and you're prone to want to lust after her pray for her Uh, it's really hard to do both Uh, it's really hard to lust after and pray for her at the same time Uh, pray for her salvation Uh, pray for her family pray for her husband if if you don't know if she's got one or not but just pray for that woman that God's will be done in her life and it's really hard to lust after somebody you're praying for Turn prayer into an ongoing um, part of your life rather than, you know, a four-hour event in the morning or a one-hour event in the morning. It's it's more of an attitude that has to, to last all day. Um, and, again, there were a number of questions regarding that. Um, another gr- uh, great one here is um, I think we kind of answered this, but when you pray for something, you don't see answers. Do you change what you're praying for? We, we touched on that one. Um how do you hear God? How do you hear God? How do you hear God, Doug? <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> Ken, is that you? No, yeah. it's me, God. How do you hear God? I, I think that uh, the, probably the writer is asking as far as uh, knowing maybe God's will versus how do you know the direction that God might be mm-hmm. giving to you? There's an objective side and there's somewhat of a subjective side as far as decision-making. The objective side is obviously in Scripture. And, you know, a lot of us are waiting for some sort of, uh, uh, I don't know, epiphany or something of that nature that's apart from Scripture. And you want to know God's will for your life? Get into Scripture. Reading Scripture, I think one of the best things of uh, you know the quest and going back and reading through the the New Testament and uh, uh, being immersed in Scripture, being immersed in knowing God. You want to know God? Get into the Bible. Uh, You want to know what's going on? Get into the Bible. I mean, Scripture is going to uh guide and direct and it's amazing how as you come into situations uh as you uh face a situation or something that all of a sudden if you've been immersed in the scripture, you're memorizing scripture, if you're reading scripture, how all of a sudden maybe a passage is gonna come back into your brain. And God uses scripture in your life to be able to guide and direct and you say, Yeah. And uh, so, hearing the words of Scripture come back into your to your mind is is one one great great way. You have anything to?
0: Yeah, I think oftentimes we hear from God more than we think. Uh, we just ignore it. Um, and it's usually in my life. It's I hear God speak to me. It's not audibly, um, but I get this impression while I'm praying or while I'm reading the Bible, uh, and it's like He says. I want you to do X. And usually it's against what I would ro- like to do. I mean, it's it's like a night and day difference of, because my immediate response is, mm, I don't want to do that. And so I don't. And that's usually God, and it never contradicts his word, as Doug says. It's always in line with his word. So, for instance, I've shared with you guys before, years ago when my next-door neighbor was um, bugging the bejeebers out of me and he was lost as a goose and I couldn't stand the guy and he couldn't stand me. And we just had differences of opinion on a lot of things. And the Lord over and over again said, go share your faith with him. Go share the gospel with him. Go share the gospel with him. Now, is that God's will? Yes. Was, was God audibly speaking to me? No, but I knew without a shadow of a doubt, I was supposed to go share my faith with him. And every day I would say no. Um, it's it's simpler than we make it. Um, I think we hear from God more often than we think. We just ignore it or we refuse to do it. Um, But I think you always have to take it back to his word. And if it contradicts his word, if you ever hear God say to you, leave your wife for that woman, you didn't hear from God. Um, He will never contradict his word. And so it's a pretty pretty simple test. uh, And it will always lead to your holiness. If it doesn't lead to your holiness, it's probably not him speaking. Um, but I think he speaks more than we we give him credit for. Um, this was an interesting one to me, and uh, one I I thought about before. Should you always pray to the Father? What about prayers to Jesus or the Holy Spirit? Got any thoughts on it?
1: Okay. Well, you you've thought about this before.
0: Yeah, I, I I'm looking for an answer. Oh. Oh. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think for me, go back to uh, the prayers of Jesus. Um, of course, Jesus didn't pray to Jesus, but Jesus also didn't pray to the Holy Spirit. Go to the prayers of Paul. Go to the prayers of the apostles. And they seem to always consistently pray to the Father in the name of Jesus and I think through the power of the Holy Spirit. Is, is it wrong or sinful to pray to Jesus? I don't think so. But I think ultimately he is our access to the Father. Uh, we're praying to the Father through the name of Jesus and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, I think that's the proper way. Is it, again, wrong to pray to the Holy Spirit? No, he's part of the the Godhead. Jesus is part of the Godhead. But I think Jesus prayed to the Father. Uh, The prayers of Paul, he prayed to the Father in the name of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. So I think to me that's just a good kind of a model of um, the relationship that the Trinity has with one another. And so you're always going back to the Father. And, and that helps us, I think, with the, re- the relationship with the Father as well. Um, don't think that's a hard and fast deal. Well, we've got a few, few minutes here.
1: Um, how do you keep your mind from wandering in prayer? Change it up. you got to change it up. you got to, you have to, if you find your ma- your mind wandering do something different. You know, my quiet time, my prayer time, uh the time that I spend with the Lord is a variety of different things. Sometimes I actually and I know this is going to be horrifying, I actually sing. Yeah. I know. But uh I will stand, I will kneel, I will walk, I will read, I will uh do a variety of different things, but you have to change it up. And as soon as you find your mind wandering, change something. Uh Go to a psalm like Ken was saying, or do something to change it up. And it's really easy to do that, I mean, to, to find your mind wandering. Or, as I will find as I'm going through a, uh, my prayer decks or something like that, as Ken has mentioned, you find yourself just going through the, and the, they're just names on a piece of paper, and they aren't really people. And as soon as I feel myself doing that or leaning that direction, change it up. Step back uh... refocus uh... do whatever is necessary to get yourself back on track uh,
0: this gentleman asks i receive hundreds of prayers each week should there be a limit to the requests you pray for well, that's a great question um, you know we we get at the church um, tons of prayer requests every week uh, that people submit in this in the services and so we get a a, print, a printed out sheet of all the prayer requests And it can be overwhelming uh, to look at that and go, okay, I've got to add this on top of my prayers for my family and friends and other relationships. Um, I think one of the things that helps me is, again, if I turn that into a list, many of these people I don't know. Many of them are anonymous. Uh, Some don't even share the exact need. They share an anonymous need, just pray for my family or pray for our situation. And so I, I catch myself just regurgitating what's written on the page. And so what helps me is to take and look for themes, look for consistencies uh, in there, and and realizing that these people represent a larger number of people in the church who just didn't submit a prayer request. So there may be health issues, there may be financial issues, relational issues, and to begin to pray uh, on larger themes for a larger group of people in our church that, man, I see in the sheet of paper that we've got a lot of marriages struggling in our church. And so I begin to pray for the marriages of our church, which includes the people on that sheet. Um, there's a lot of needs for there's health issues going on and I it begins begin to pray in a global way for the the body of Christ Chapel that Lord we have people I don't even know about who are suffering from all kinds of illnesses and many they don't even know yet. Uh, they may have illnesses that haven't been detected yet. And so that helps me take a massive amount and, and Narrow it down. If you go back, and again, I love the prayers of Paul. You don't see Paul praying very specifically for individuals within uh, the Philippian church and, and the, Colossian church, the Col- church of Colossae. He prayed globally. And I think in a lot of ways we have to take these massive amounts of prayer requests and make them more manageable to where we can take them to the Father and say, Lord, you know, Bill and Sue here represent a lot of people in our church and a lot of people on this list who are struggling in their marriage or they're struggling with finances or struggling with health issues um, that makes it more manageable because guys we're human we can't pray for everything that comes in specifically every single day or you'll have a stack of three thousand decks of cards and that's all you'll do um... so it it, again you have to make it more manageable
1: and And it's it's interesting how some of those kind of ebb and flow through and i do the same thing they kind of ebb and flow through the years or the year, that all of a sudden you get a, a massive number of, of health issues that just seem to surface. And then all of a sudden you get a, a, a mass number of uh, uh, marriage issues that seem to surface. And so it tend to ebb and flow throughout the year. But then there's also, as far as the management part, you, you do tend to pray, pray globally as you as you see some of the uh, same requests come up with different individuals, but also then there are individuals that you know that you are familiar with that do make it on individually onto your prayer cards, and uh, you are—it's—it's it's a very very difficult managed managed thing, but you're you're constantly the the key here I think is once again continuing to wrestle with it and not not become discouraged with it, and I think early on I became discouraged oh, wow, this is just unbelievable. I can't do all of this. Well, keep working on it. You know, keep keep plodding along. Uh, uh, you know, I can't do much, but I can plod. And, well, I can keep working at this thing and keep, keep trying to manage it and keep trying to work it. So I'd encourage you to keep keep on. Keep on. It's worth it.
0: Well, I'm going to close with this. This is actually not a question. It's a statement or a comment, and I, I hardly agree with it. Um he simply says you make it too hard you say it's almost too difficult prayer is easy joyous a great privilege we can easily pray every day and night through jesus we have um, we have total access to god Um, you know that's that's a man who's um, discovered the secret Um, it's gone beyond just being difficult hard a task it's become a relationship And that's what God wants for all of us. And so to close this morning, um, I I just want to lead you all in just a a very brief uh, pastoral prayer. Just take a minute or so. And I want you to pray uh, these things for yourself this morning. Uh, We're going to get selfish, and we're going to pray for ourselves. But as I lead these, this is just from the prayers of Paul. And I want you to pray this for yourself, and then we'll wrap it up. Pray that you would be filled with the knowledge of God's will. Ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will that you would know what His will is. Now ask Him to help you walk or live your life in a manner that's worthy of Him, brings glory and honor to Him. Share with him that you want your life to please him in all respects, in every area. Ask him to strengthen you with his power in place of yours. Now, thank him that he's rescued you from darkness. And transferred you into the kingdom of his son. Thank him for that reality. Well, Holy Father, we come to you this morning as men who uh, don't always know the answers. And we don't always do things the way we should do things. We're not always as consistent as we need to be, and our lives don't always please you, and we don't always know what your will is, and we don't always act within and in accordance to your will. But I want to thank you this morning on behalf of all of us that you are such a patient, loving, gracious, merciful God. And that you are constantly calling us into relationship with you. I thank you for the trials going on in this room today. The trials in my life. The trials in Doug's life. The trials that are going on because you use those as opportunities to draw us back to you. And to make us realize that we need you each and every day. Not just for salvation. But for everyday life. Lord, I pray that you would continue your work in our lives. That you would continue to make us men of prayer. Uh, that prayer would become easier and easier and easier and some, something that we love to do, long to do, and eagerly do all throughout the day because it means we're talking to you and we're hearing from you. Remove the mystery about it, Father, and make it just something that is a, it's as, it's a part of life just as much as breathing is. It just happens. We don't think about it. We just do it and it just becomes a regular part of our day to talk to you and to hear from you. That exchange, that communication that you long for and that you created us for. I pray, Father, for any of the needs in this room uh, today that you know what they are. Uh, You know what the physical needs are, financial needs are, relational needs, work needs. You know what they are, and we bring them before you. And we ask, Father, that your will be done. That, Father, you would bring us into a alignment with your will that we would look at our circumstances and we would get our eyes off the circumstances and we would look on you and we wouldn't just look for what you can do for us but we would just look to you and we'd long to be with you and hear from you and we want your will to be done because we know that you know what's best mold us make us and transform us more and more with each passing day into the likeness of your son We love you, and we give you this day. We give you the rest of this week. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son and our Savior. Amen. Guys, we'll see you next week uh, for our new study, Flawed Yet Faithful. And bring somebody with you. And we will answer the questions.